Lord bless you and keep you. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team. Uh, Mr. Taylor is at home with Tommy, and Miss Melissa is at home. She's sick and with her dad, too, who just got out of the hospital. Sends her love to you. And there's lots of folks got this. Well, we don't know whether it's going to be hot or cold. In fact, somebody told me Friday it was going to snow. And that's the Ozarks, right? You stay two or three days, you'll get the weather you want. Sooner or later, it's coming hot, cold, whatever. Don't know whether to turn on the heater or the air. It's kind of crazy right now. But we're glad you're here. One of the highlights of, of my year is Missions Conference. And I thank God for missions. I thank God for Old Grove's heart for missions. 21 years ago when I came, they already had a heart for missions. It's not like we developed the heart. How many know God develops the heart? But a little bit of love, a little bit of leadership took us in 21 years where we are now in missions. How many know the Lord has added and blessed us because of your faithfulness to faith promise? And because of your faithfulness to faith promise and missions, God has added favor. Not too many churches today can say that they are debt-free in a world where financial struggle is real. Y'all missed a good time to shout right there. Yeah, yeah, debt-free. And, uh, and uh, you know, to put missions on, on the schedule and on the agenda uh, with the debt that we had 21 years ago seemed to be ridiculous. But how many know God's kingdom operates different than men's kingdom? And so we put, we put our, our, our heart in line with God's heart, and we saw God do a miracle. And he's still doing it. Amen? So I want to preach to you. Then we're going to do faith promise. But I, I was going to preach one thing, and the Lord decided to make another thing. Anybody ever have that happen? And I've learned a long time ago that it's best to obey God. And so I'm going to talk to you about missions, but I want to talk to you about the fact that missions does not change. It's the same. You know why? Because God is still the same. And God uh, sent Jesus, the first missionary. Did you know that? Jesus was the first missionary. God asked him to go, and he said, I'll do it. I will die for the sins of the world. And is anybody here grateful and thankful that he did? You and I have redemption. We can sing the songs uh, of praise because, because he did that. And uh, not only that, it, it expands our perspective because it's the Great Commission. It's God's commission. We're going to look at it in just a little bit here. It also changes our perspective, expands it. Uh, it's to the whole world, not just Springfield, not just America. God loved the whole world, and he gave his only begotten son. So I'm glad to be a part of that, and I'm thankful to be part of the kingdom. But um, Romans 10 said, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Today, if you haven't done that, I mean, oh, you can come into the kingdom of God today. There's still grace available. For whosoever will, let him come. Amen? I mean, no, there's still room at the cross for you. We have a lot of flags on display. And I'm thankful for every flag, especially our own in America. But you know what the centerpiece of this platform is? That cross. I wonder if somebody could help me give God a praise for the cross of Jesus Christ. This flag bought freedom. And we'll honor the veterans next week. But that cross brought 
eternal freedom. Earthly freedom, eternal freedom. How many know he is worthy? And we should always keep that in perspective. The other thing at the center of this platform is a pulpit. It's not so that I can get behind it and be seen. It's so that this word can be proclaimed in all the world. Amen? And so that people might know Jesus. And that's that's the priority we keep. And uh, we want to make sure we keep a priority on those things. How many ready to go fishing? Anybody? We This is uh, lesson six, the last lesson in our series. It's God's mission. We're going to talk about it. It's simple. Say it with me. To know him and to make him known. Real loud. You don't hear anything else I say today. That's it. He is worthy. Nobody else. Nobody else. I said there's nobody else. There's a lot of celebrities today, but how many know he's the one that's worthy? And we do what we do for the Lord, for the King of glory. Amen? So I want you to see, you know Acts 1.8. You can probably all quote it, but you will receive power and abilities, abilities when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. And we belong to him. How many know he paid the price, right? Incredible price and a very expensive price. And he expected it to be. They didn't take his life. He laid it down. Amen. There'll be witnesses unto me to tell people about me is what he's saying. Both in Jerusalem, where it all started, and in Judea, Samaria, and even, even to the ends of the earth. Let's go fishing. Tuesday night, the Lord gave me a dream, messed up my whole sermon. He does that sometimes. So if you don't like the sermon, take it up with God. He messed it all up. Let's go fishing. Jonah was not the best, best missionary. In fact, God called him to go. He's a prophet of the Old Testament. He's a minor prophet. And uh, doesn't mean he doesn't have the same value as a Jeremiah, Isaiah. A minor doesn't mean value. It means a shorter book. Are you hearing me? Major purpose. He's a prophet of God. God said, Jonah, I need you to go to Nineveh, to Nineveh. Hey, he didn't like Nineveh. Let's look at it. Uh, Jonah 1, his disobedience. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, and uh, saying, go to Nineveh, the great city, a great city, uh, and proclaim judgment against it. For their wickedness has come up before me. Remember a few weeks ago when we talked about the uh, Israelites and their cry went up to God and he heard it? And he responded to it, had compassion on them, and got them out of Egypt. Now their wickedness. How many know God knows? I said God knows whatever comes up to him. If it's your complaints, if it's your cry for mercy, if it's your if it's your wickedness, he knows all things. Well, their wickedness had come up before God, and here's what Jonah did. I don't want y'all to be too hard on Jonah. But it's Mission Sunday, and I've got to preach it. Jonah ran away to Tarshish to escape. This was startling to me. To escape from the presence of the Lord. Are you kidding me? How many know that that's the only hope we got is the presence of the Lord? But when Jonah was in the presence of the Lord, conviction hit him. You know why there's not that many folks in church today? They don't like conviction. They run away from the house of the Lord, the presence of the Lord. And he ran away from his duty as his prophet.
He went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish, the most remote of the Phoenician trading cities. So he paid the fare, and he went down into the ship to go with them to Tarshish, away, look at that, away from the presence of the Lord. Twice in that text. Chapter 1. Tell you what sin does and disobedience does. It separates you from the Lord. You go toward God, you might end up being an obedient servant. You go away from God, you get out of the presence of the Lord, you don't feel like all that. But how many know God has a plan? You cannot run from God. Is anybody here in the preacher? <laughs> so God uh, had a mission for Jonah to go to Nineveh. Jonah wants to scrub the mission. Abort. And uh, and so he, he flees from God's command. He wants Nineveh destroyed. He doesn't want them spared. And after God spares Nineveh, Jonah says to the Lord, Oh, Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee for Tarshish. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Jonah chapter 4 verse 2. He's telling us he knew that if he went to Nineveh, God would save him. Can I tell you about our nation? God's not done with the United States of America. You can give up on her. You can critique her. You can criticize her. But how many know God has the last say? And he's not done. So in fleeing to Tarshish, according to Jonah's own words, the prophet wants to divine mission labeled impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible. But you know, God had a plan. He got on the ship. Sailors on the ship, heathen. They all drew lots. The lot fell on Jonah. They threw him overboard along with all the tackle. All the luggage, all the cargo, whatever. And, um, and God, hey, God sent Jonah and he did not go. So John, uh, so God sent a fish and he did go. Since Jonah didn't go fishing, God went fishing for Jonah and took a big old fish, swallowed him. You know the story. Three days in the belly of the well and ended up, I think it ended up, that Jonah uh, ended up, vomited up on, uh, is there a better word? Regurgitated. Is that more intellectual for you? On the beach and away he went. <laughs> so let's look at chapter 3. Oh, sorry there. Let's go look at 3. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. God shouldn't have to speak twice. Go to Nineveh, the great city, and declare it. Uh, the message which I'm going to tell you. So Jonah went to Nineveh in accordance with the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three days walk, about 60 miles in circumference. Then on the first day's walk, Jonah began to go through the cities and he called out and said, 40 days more remain and then Nineveh will be overthrown. That's the word of the prophet. That's the word of the Lord. That's the message God gave it. I don't know how many more days, but how many know America needs to repent quickly? There's coming a day of reckoning. We need revival throughout the whole world. How many know we need to preach the word of the Lord everywhere? Even in our own land, Nineveh will be overthrown 
The people of Nineveh believed. Look at this. Are you kidding me? They believed. The heathen believed when the prophet didn't. The people of Nineveh believed and trusted in God, and they proclaimed a fast, put on sackcloth in penitent mourning. They repented from the greatest even to the least of them. And when word reached the king of Nineveh, of Jonah's message um, from God, he rose from his throne, and took off his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in the dust in repentance. Craziness. He issued a proclamation, and it said, In Nineveh, by the decree of the king and his nobles, no man, animal, herd, or flock is to taste anything. No eating. They are not to eat or drink water. But both man and animal must be covered with sackcloth, and everyone is to call on God earnestly and forcefully. Everyone is to call on God earnestly and forcefully. How many know there has something to say here about passion when you pray? How's your prayer life? Is it earnest and forceful? That each may return from his wicked way and from the violence that is in his hands. But both man and animal must be covered with sackcloth, and everyone is to call on God earnestly and forcibly. That each may re- wait. What happened? Let's see. Did I miss something? Oh, no, that was right. It repeated itself. Hey, anytime scripture repeats itself, I mean, oh, it's worthy of repeating itself. I thought I messed the same thing up. Uh, so we call on God earnestly and forcefully that each may return from his wicked way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn his com- in compassion and relent and withdraw his burning anger, his judgment, so that we will not perish. When God saw their deeds, that they turned from their wicked way, then God had compassion and relented concerning the disaster which he had declared that he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. Just ten verses. I'm done with that. But God can use a fish to do his will. How many know he don't need us? He chooses to use us. He calls Jonah. But since Jonah didn't want to go, God made the fish. To get Jonah. And there he is. There's the fish. I'm not sure what it is. I think it's a whale. It's a big fish. And there's Jonah with fish slime all over him. Maybe if I make this graphic, you might remember it. I'll never forget playing Bible trivia with my mother-in-law. Miss Rosie, Hispanic, and she never played Bible trivia. She knows the Bible. She's in heaven now. But her question was, um, who got swallowed by a big fish? To which Miss Rosie really contemplated. She wanted the right. She really wanted the right answer. Oh, Ronnie, Ronnie, Ronnie! She scratched her head. I know it wasn't Jonah. To which we laughed, and it's something I can't ever get my mind away from. Every time I think of the story of Jonah, I think, yeah, Grandma, it definitely was Jonah. Why did the fish vomit Jonah up? Because he was going the wrong way. Jonah didn't think the mission was possible. You can't save Nineveh. They're too wicked. They're too evil. Some scholars believe even in their repentance, they were kind of, you know, like like the king last week in Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar, who was like 
many gods, he believed, but God was the biggest. They were kind of like that, but but they went ahead and repented, and God saw fit to bless them for that season. How many know God can bless America, even though judgment's coming to this world in the future? How many know God can redeem us and help us right now? How many believe God can get us through the next 10 years? We can see a mighty revival. And, you know, I believe I just told you earlier that the believe I believe that the reason God's favor has been on our church all these years is because we have a heart for God and we have a heart for missions. And when you have a heart for God and missions, it's possible. Amen. If we receive the commission, Jonah had a choice. God said, go. He said, no. But God knows and God went ahead and got the man of God and brought him back. How many know it's best just to obey God? How many things is better off for you just to go ahead and obey God than to have fish slime all over you and end up doing it anyway? Reluctantly, the prophet of God went the wrong way, trying to get out of the presence of the Lord because he couldn't handle all the guilt. Pastor Ron is not here on this mission Sunday to give you guilt. Not a guilt trip. We do this every year. This message came to me in a dream, and so I'm preaching it. You have a choice, Oak Grove. You can get involved in this, or you don't have to. But here's the three things you need to know. It's God's mission, and it's our choice whether we accept it or not. Jonah had a choice. You have a choice. I have a choice. You can keep your money. How many know God doesn't need your money? God doesn't need your money. How many believe God can speak and the whole world can be saved right now? He doesn't need us. He wants to partner with us. He wants you to be a part of the of the redemption of all mankind. He's the only one paid the price. I said, he's the one that made the sacrifice. There's only one worthy. It's Jesus. And since he did all that he did, how many things we ought to do all that we can do? It's God's mission. Jonah didn't want to catch fish, so God had the fish catch Jonah. And so it's a great commission, and it's God's mission. It's important that you understand, number one, it's God's mission. It's God's mission. It's not my mission. It's not your mission. And if you look at the mission of God in the Old Testament, that's Jonah. The prophet had a choice. We have the Great Commission in the New Testament. It's great because it's God's. I said it's great because God is great. And God knew it was possible or he wouldn't have asked us to do it. And not only did he ask us to do this, which seems impossible, You look at America today, it just seems like they are far gone. What I ask you today is, is America too far gone? I want you to think about that. Can God redeem our country? Amen. We got a couple of you. Some of you are still pondering, thinking, I don't don't know. Have you watched the news lately? I try not to. You want to go down in a deep, dark pit of depression? Watch the news. I know the news. I just don't have to ingest it. I said, there's real, real things happening. But how many know there's real things happening in the spiritual realm that this earth does know nothing about? God knows what's happening. He knows when he's going to pull the trigger. He's going to pull us out of here. Is anybody ready to go? You may be ready to go. But there's several people who've never even heard. How selfish for us to be able to go. We have, I don't know how many Bibles I have. It's embarrassing when there are people that never even have a Bible, never read the Bible, never heard. Talking with Jake and Joanna and Darielle, 
and Bore. They love the way I say Bore. They think I, I speak um, Thai, but it's really Spanish that that I speak. They don't know it yet, but uh, but if they get to know me, they'll know. God's message is from Him. It's His mission. It's His commission. We are commanded to go. God is the one who gave it, and God has the power to do it. Acts one eight. You will receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witness across the ocean and across the street. And there are people across the street. There are people in the office next to you who need the love of God. They need to hear the message of the gospel. In fact, it was St. Francis of Assisi who said, preach the gospel and use words if you have to. I mean, just your life at work can make a difference in somebody's life. You never even opened your mouth. Just an example about what God wants you to do. Some people say, I've never learned yet how to witness. How many, how many know that's a very important thing to do? In my Sunday school class, we were saying, how shall they hear uh, without a preacher? It said in Romans 10, how then shall they call on him on whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him? whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? Missions Conference at Oak Grove is about us putting our dollars and nickels and dimes together so that we can send missionaries. BGMC today, the kids are getting coins together and money together so we can help the missionaries when they get there. But how many know without boots on the ground, it's really hard to reach a nation for God. You are the boots on the ground at Oak Grove. Can I tell you, we are a mission. Oak Grove in Greene County, Springfield, Missouri, is a mission. And you are the missionaries. So God is speaking a great commission. What are you going to do? Are you heading to Tarshish? Are you going to head out of here and get out of the presence of the Lord so you can escape the the guilt and, and the shame? Or are you going to rise up and say, You don't have to have a fish come and get me and swallow me up. Lord, I surrender. That's the ticket. That's the message. And that's the plan. God had a promise for us. He paid the price. And John 14, he gives us the promise. It's it's greater works, greater works that I did. Will you do also? Because the power of the Holy Spirit is in us. We have power. Whether we go across the street or whether we go across the ocean. I'll be leaving after uh, Thanksgiving to go to meet all the missionaries that you saw on the screen. I will go over there and I will invest in those families that you already invested in your prayers and financially. But Brian Webb wants me to go over there and speak life and to help not only the older missionaries to get ready to learn how to mentor younger missionaries, but to help the younger missionaries to know how to abide in the Lord. See, Pastor, you think by the time you become a missionary, you already know how to abide? Well, I would hope so. But how many know missionaries have a struggle? Look at Jonah. Look at Jonah. You think missionaries wake up speaking in tongues? They have struggles. They have to learn the language. Just just learning Thai. I mean, learning Cajun. How many know that's hard enough? Some of you have been trying for 21 years to understand me. Hey, you gotta learn the language. You gotta, you gotta learn the culture. You gotta learn the ways. You gotta get in and you got your family to take care of. You got, you got, uh, COVID in a foreign world. 
You think it's tough here. There's a lot of struggles that come against it. And when you're in a dark continent like Thailand or Europe, I mean, no, there's a battle to, to, uh, to try to win your mind and to win your soul. So who ministers to the minister? I don't know about you, O'Gro, but I want to say thank you for letting me go to Australia to minister to them. How many believe God's going to do a great work in Australia after? Come on, give God praise. I believe he will too, and we covet your prayers. But the board told me the other day, Pastor, you don't have no choice. You have to go. Well, I said, well, that's, that's, that's true. That's our kids over there. That's our kids over there. And I talked to him on the phone, and I'll be going over there to minister to him. The Anders, their father and mother, come here. Nathan and Tara's mom and dad come here. Uh, the Rojacks are part of our family. The Julians, the Nichols, Justin Canavan. All of these people, they're ours. They are ours. I said they're ours. It's not some strange missionary on a board somewhere you don't know nothing about. And that's why we have them come in here to talk to you. Tonight we have two missionaries coming. Don Sutton and his wife are coming. They're going to um, French Polynesia. The Dorises, did we mention them? Coming to be here tonight with the kids. They're going to Fiji. Oh, wow. I wish God would call me to Fiji. No, you don't. I just got back from Fiji. You don't want to go anywhere around there unless God called you. In fact, you don't even want to come to Springfield unless God called you. Hey. I'm telling you, this is not an occupation I just wanted. God calls and he places people where they belong, right? How many of you feel like God placed you right where you are for a season and a purpose? Amen. If you don't think that God has you in your place for this season, for this time, then you're missing the whole purpose. Look around. There's people around you who need you. They need you. They need you to love on them and help them. And God said, He promised that he will help us through it. It applies to our witnesses here and around the world. And we, when we ask something according to God's will, the word of God says uh, God knows the will and he promises to make it happen. Why wouldn't the Lord help us reach people for God? If God's not willing that any should perish and we try to win people who are perishing, why wouldn't God come alongside of us and help us accomplish his very own will? That's the ticket. So there's a lot of churches that are not online today. I'm thankful for our church. I said, I'm thankful for Oak Grove Assembly of God. Trust me, all the missionaries I talk to, they're thankful for you too. And if you didn't know it, you have a reputation in southern Missouri. In fact, at the at the Blue Vatican over there on Boonville, you have a reputation too. And it's a good one because you're involved in God's mission. He is the great I am. That's worth it. I said, that's worth it. That's worth it all by itself. Amen? Certainly wasn't Jonah's idea to go to Nineveh. God himself. And then he gave him the message to preach, right? And he didn't believe Nineveh was going to do it. He heard Nahum's, uh, the prophet Nahum's prophecy in uh, Nahum chapter 1. said, with an overflowing flood, he will make a complete end of the adversaries and will pursue his enemies into darkness. What do you plot against the Lord? He will make a complete end of Nineveh. And Jonah couldn't bring an end to Nineveh. I mean, only God can do that. Only God can bring an end to a nation. And if he wants to, he can turn Israel upside down. And he did. Twelve people turned a nation upside down. He can turn Egypt around. 
He can flip Pharaoh on his head. How many believe in the power of our God? He can make Nebuchadnezzar eat grass for seven years. Are y'all hearing me? God raises kings up and brings kings down. And he's bringing the Doris over to Fiji. And Fiji needs the Lord. Did you hear Thailand? Brother Jake said all they're doing over there is fighting. Do you mean they fight in Assembly of God churches? They fight? Not in America. Only in Thailand. You know, the church planting that goes on in America, they fight, they split, they started another church. That's church planting in America. But God's message must be preached. Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Only God has the power to do that. And Jonah's day, such a statement was unbelievable. Nineveh was the largest city in the world. There was absolutely no conceivable way that Nineveh was about to fall. And Jonah's preaching against Nineveh would have been like me saying America's going to fall tomorrow. It's too big, it's too strong, too mighty. But how many know God can bring it down just like that? No matter who gets in the office. The office of the president doesn't determine the nation. It's God who determines the nation. So go vote. But don't put your confidence in a man. Put your confidence in the Lord. Well, that was a weak amen, but that's still true. God. It was another hundred years before God brought uh, Nineveh down. But God had a plan. And Jonah's commission was to go. It was universal. Every nation, every tribe, every tongue. Jonah's like, why are you sending me to pagans? Those pagans don't deserve to be saved. They're wicked. They're beyond being saved. Can I tell you, I know America's confused. They're politically confused, gender confused, financially confused, mentally confused. I mean, no, America has a little bit of confusion. But they're not beyond saving. I said nobody's beyond saving. And God can turn it around. God has that very thing in his hands. And it's hard. He just didn't understand the plan, the thoughts, the ideas of God. He had his own plan, so he went the wrong way. Just think about the implications of that. God does not just love his own people, Israel. He loves Nineveh. And Jonah couldn't kind of, he just couldn't, he was grappling with that. He just couldn't figure that out. God loves pagans. And so does Oak Grove. Oak Grove. We've been speaking this for many years. I wanted to get in your spirit. We love people and we hate sin. I said, we hate sin, but we love people. And if you get to hating people, then you missed the boat. God can save them. Is anybody here glad God saved you? No, really. How many glad you got in the boat? How many would like God to throw you out the boat? what he did for Nineveh. You will get to those people, even if you have to be swallowed by a fish. It's amazing things. Jonah didn't even have a choice. He was he was to proclaim the proclamation of the word of God. God speaks, and then we speak. And the people of Nineveh had a great change. They believed in God. They called for a fast. They put on sackcloth. Even the animals, even the animals, even the sheep said, we were bad. That's what the scripture says. I'm just reading the Bible, folks. 
But here's what I want to say. Repenting leads to transformation. Eventually, they had revival, but eventually, the transformation of the nation didn't happen, and God destroyed it, just like he said he would. I mean, no, the day of reckoning is coming. Just like Noah said a flood is coming, they didn't get in the ark. It wasn't that God didn't love them enough to give them a way out. He always does. But we have to do what God asks us to do. Turn to God, perform the deeds in keeping with the repentance. That's Acts 26. So in the change that brings about blessings, Israel, um, God says to Israel, from the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statues and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 7. And at the end of the passage, it says, we find that God decides to uh, not to destroy Nineveh because they repented. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would bring on them, and he did not do it. Verse 10, he didn't do it. Repent, therefore, and turn again, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. I'm not sure if you are able to learn how to trust and obey even when you don't understand. But this whole series about God knows has been that very thing. Sometimes we don't understand what's happening. I mean, just Thursday in our city, Hillcrest had a prank caller that called the school and said there's five people shot and there's a shooter on the loose. All the faculty, staff, administration locks down the kids. The kids are traumatized. They don't know what's going on. Turned out to be a prank. I mean, no, we can't afford to have those kinds of pranks, first of all. Somebody needs to sit him down or her down or whoever did that prank. I mean, no, we have to have accountability. Can sit the world, send the world into a panic and let them go for nothing. So somebody's going to have to deal with that, and they're lucky it's not me. And uh, but but our kids have to pick up the pieces after that. There's trauma everywhere we look. But how many believe God's going to bring a save a saving knowledge to these people? God can use that circumstance to open up a door of opportunity. And here's where we're going to be today. We're going to do faith promise. And we already handed many of you a faith promise card. And now we're going to ask you to take time to fill it out, pray about it. I'm going to show you what a faith promise is. If you, Gary, do you have any left? How many did not receive a faith promise card? Raise your hand if you didn't. Real high. Pastor Gary, maybe you can get a couple of others. Brian can help you. Just hold your hand real high. We're going to get you a faith. This is the time of the year where we make our commitments and uh, missions. If you don't do anything, that's up to you. There's no pressure. There's no uh, nobody going to pressure you or chase you down and make a fish swallow you. I mean, God might do that, but I'm not. Uh, the fish don't obey me. Uh, in fact, uh, I went fishing and uh, caught no fish. I'm not much of a, of a, a fisherman. But I want to tell you while they're passing these out, a story of Boudreaux down in Louisiana. You've seen Louisiana law. They fish sometimes without a, li- a license. So Boudreaux was fishing, and um, he lit a stick of dynamite, threw it into the bayou, and fish just came up everywhere, and he just loaded his boat up. So the game warden in Louisiana found out about it and said, I'm going to invite little Boudreaux to take me fishing, see what's going on. So he did. Mr. Boudreaux said, no, I'll be glad to take you, Mr. Game Warden. They get out in the bayou. And uh, Boudreaux lights up a stick of dynamite, throws it in the water. Fish came up everywhere, and he had a mess of fish. And the game warden said, Mr. Boudreaux, 
since you can't do that, that's illegal. To which uh, Boudreaux replied by striking up another stick of dynamite, handing it to the game warden and saying, are you going to fish or are you going to talk all day? <laughs> and so I'm here to ask you on this Faith Promise Sunday, are y'all going to fish or you just sit there and talk all day? The rupture that's going to happen is if we don't have revival, there's going to be a massive rupture, a revolution. It's already they're killing each other on the streets. It's massive, way out of control already. I mean, no, it already sees signs of a death culture. But God can raise the dead. Amen? And so this is what we're doing. And the same God who called Jonah to Assyria calls each of us to the gospel today. And uh, God, he, he didn't understand how God could show mercy, but he did. We need to see the compassion of God. And it doesn't come naturally. You have to really work at this. So now that everybody has a faith promise card, I want you to pray about it. Ask God what you can do over the next year and put that down and turn it in. And as the Lord provides for you that what you're believing God for, you can give it to faith promise the first Sunday of every month. Here's a faith promise video real quickly. Let you show you what that's all about. And then we'll finish up. One of the major reasons the Assemblies of God was established was to join fellowships together for the purpose of sending missionaries throughout the world. More than a century later, Assemblies of God World Missions is still going strong with over 2,800 missionaries serving in over 256 countries, provinces, territories. This did not happen because of a centralized missions fund ran by a committee. It happened because of designated giving by people like you, faithfully supporting missionaries that you know and love and pray for. Missionaries are only able to fulfill their divine call because God also calls people to faithfully give, investing resources to see the church established where it does not yet exist. One of the key factors that helps send and support missionaries is faith promises. What is a faith promise? It is a step of faith beyond tithe that you make in your church, your personal portion of your church's missions endeavors. Each faith promise is made for a specific period of time, and faith promise offerings are given regularly. Some people give each week, others monthly. No amount is too small. God honors our obedience more than the amount of our giving. Jesus said that the widow who gave the smallest coin gave more than all the others because she gave all she had. When we make and then fulfill our faith promises, church leaders are able to support and expand the church's mission impact. By working together in this way and pooling our giving, we can send scores of missionaries to bring hope to a world that otherwise have none. Together, we are a part of seeing lives changed by Christ in Africa, in Europe, Eurasia, Latin America, Northern Asia, Asia Pacific. We help pastors to be trained, churches to be planted, and are part of seeing hurting people experience the love of Christ in action. Personally, I do this. My wife and I make faith promises to support missionaries. Yearly, we ask God for the opportunities to give more. And as a parent, I've been moved when my daughters, as they grew older, decided that they too wanted to support missionaries monthly. They're only students, but they wanted to start with a $10 a month pledge because they knew their small part was making a difference. As you consider your promise, please examine your faith. Pray that God will be able to work through you to do more than you could ever imagine. Pray that he would use the missionaries that you support to bring hope to a world in need of a Savior.
Amen. That's faith promise. Not a promissory note. Nobody's going to be calling you. Nobody's going to be writing you a letter. It's between you and the Lord. You want to be engaged in the harvest? We want you to. We're asking you to. Let's go fishing. Jesus said, I'll make you fishers of men. That's what we want to be. We want to be a church. I tell you what, when we get to heaven, Oak Grove, I don't know if they'll let us all sit in the same section. We can't even do that now. How are we going to sit in the same section in heaven? But um, when we get to heaven, bus loads, listen to me, bus loads will pull up to the gate. I don't know if we'll have that privilege, but I sure hope so. Brian, I'd love to be standing there. And they get off the bus and say, you sent the missionary to Thailand. My name is Dariel. I gave my heart to God because you sent the nickels. My name is Bore. My name is Connie. God can do that.